Welcome to A Brodacious Life. This is a show dedicated to the idea that all people from any background can design a life worth living. It all starts by organizing your life with the five F's. Faith, family, freedom, finance, and fun. We call this A Brodacious Life. Are you ready to design your best life? Your brodacious life? If so, then this is the show for you. What's going on, squad? It's another wonderful day. Of course, it's a brodacious life. My name is Jonathan. That dude over over there is Dr. J. We're super glad that you were here. Dr. J, what's happening in the world of Dr. J today? Man, good stuff. My youngest is growing like a little weed. Uh, my middle child, man, she is like almost like a second mom type to her little baby brother. For those of you who don't know, if you're just joining us, uh, my youngest is an infant and my middle child is 14. And then my 15-year-old went and auditioned for a drum and bugle corps. That's like, a, for those of you that aren't in the band world, that's like a like travel ball. It's like a semi-professional team that happens in the summer. And he's only a sophomore in high school. And dude got a contract. So it was a different position than what he originally went out for. But he has such a great attitude. He was like, yeah, it's like, I'll be like a utility player. Just put me in the game coach. I'm just happy to be here. And, you know, he got contracted to the spot. And so I'm just fired up and excited for him and proud of him. He's worked real hard. It's a big, audacious goal. So my son is setting the example for me. So I got to step up and be more like him. That is fantastic. You know, we're talking a lot about goals the last couple of weeks and we've talked about setting goals for ourselves, but I think there's a different type of goal that is out there. One that I like to call an anointed goal, something that goes beyond Ooh. our, our imaginable. I feel like we have like the goals that we talked about this past week are things that are imaginable, they're dreamable. I think there's these other goals that we have in our mind that we want to achieve, but maybe they require some divine intervention for it to happen. So I like to call these anointed goals. And I wanted to take an example from somebody in the Bible. So I'm going to give a precursor to anyone who is out there that is a pastor, a Bible historian, whatever it might be. I'm going to put a precursor out there. I'm not a pastor. I'm going to put that there. My dad was one. I am not one. I am not a biblical historian. Can I give you an amen every now and then? Like, amen. Mm -hmm. Preach. Jesus. Give us the word. Give us the word. I'm going to try not to be super preachy. So I wanted to talk about how we... So you're saying God speaks to you on your workout. Like, does God guide (laughs) your steps? Like, is this God power on the workout? Is this how you got so big and swole? (laughs) I don't know about big and swole, but he has to guide my steps when you're running down a countryside and there's dogs. Everyone out here owns guns. That's crazy stuff, man. Look, tell us more about this story. Uh, You said it's from the Bible, correct? Yeah. So I want to talk about David. You know, we've talked about David Goggins. We're going to talk about a different guy. We're talking about David from the Bible. So too often, you know, our excuses are just too great to set big, hairy, audacious goals, or as I like to say, anointed goals. We use stumbles like, there's not enough time, which Dr. J disproved that already. So if you missed that, holler over at Dr. J over there. He's got you. Episode 66. Or we don't have enough money, or even worse, what will my friends think? How much are we putting ourselves behind on our dream because we place these as mental roadblocks? I want to take just a quick story from the Bible. 
I just, these two things just kind of, they just latched onto each other. And I'm sure that if we at least just sat down and listened to the story, even as a non-believer, that we can find something mutually great within the story. Yeah. So tell us more. What 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 story is this? So I had the chance in my run to listen to uh, the book of Samuel and learn about David. I think too often, you know, we think of David and Abraham and all these leaders of the Bible, these heroes, if you will, as just these muscular ultra-masculine, divine beings, almost like Greek gods in the heavens. There is, there's so much to learn about the stories in the Bible, even for non-believers. There's an opportunity to learn about perseverance, love, patience, bravery, and what it means to trust yourself and God. Let me ask you this. So what, what exactly is going on with David, uh, and why is that important? So David was not naturally a person that was looked up to. David's a runt. He is a a nobody, an undesirable. There were so many times early in his life that he could have been a coward, but God raised him to be a great king through all of these different circumstances. They were almost like stepping stones, if you will, to greatness. So let me tell you, I'm going to give you the cliff notes of the famous story of David and Goliath, though I think most of us have heard of it. I want to give just a kind of a Cliff Notes version of it. So David was a small runt of a man. He was anointed uh, the prophet Samuel. King Saul, who ruled at the time— What's a Samuel prophet? (laughs) A Samuel prophet. It's a guy who can't speak English today. He's had too much coffee. It's all good, man. Keep going. Sorry, I'm just messing with you. (laughs) So King Saul ruled Israel at the time, and he's in a great battle with the Philistines. And both of them are just in this gridlock long-term war. However, before one of these big battles, a giant man stood in front of Israel's army and made a giant challenge to the army of Israel. Saul's army is supposed to be mighty. They are supposed to be brave. They are representing Israel at this time. Instead, this great big man that we now know is Goliath, he stands in front of them and says, why should you engage in battle with me? I'm the Philistine champion, and you are all nothing but servants to Saul. Choose one of your men to fight against me. If he defeats me in battle, I'll be, we will all become your slaves but if I win, you all become my slaves. That's that's some pretty intense stuff. Like, did anyone take him up on his challenge? Heck no, man. In fact, they were cowards <laughs> for, not. for 40 days. And, not, and now in all fairness, let's put this into perspective. Goliath is not your average size man. And in retrospect, this they're saying that historians say he could have been up to nine feet, six inches tall. And let's put that also into more perspective. He's not just a dude in a suit. He is covered in chain-length armor that goes from his head all the way down to his toes. His armor, his shield, his sword would have all been proportionate to his body size. So you can imagine just this massive, massive man, something that's almost as tall as the room potentially that you're sitting in. So... His army alone could have, like, his armor alone could have weighed nearly a hundred pounds. And I'm sure just the sound of his armor clanking alone was worth 
so much scare factor as he's walking up to battle. Yeah, that's like that guy sounds like he's uh, kind of like a like brodacious to the max. Like, you know, I guess he's not brodacious since clearly this is a villain <laughs> story and we're all not the villain. But that sounds like a man's man. Like, you know, not only is he a man's man, he's a nine foot, you know, nine foot solid steel man's man. I have to be I have to admit, I I would probably be a little intimidated. But, you know, where does David fit in in all this? Like. You talked about the runt. Now you've talked about the giant. So how are the two related? Like, well, what, David was ba- does, what happens. David again. He's a runt. He's a nobody. But David was basically bringing water to the troops. But David knew something that the others did not. That he was appointed. He served a greater purpose, and he had been given the dream, the blessing, and the goal of being the king of Israel. So David was a shepherd which I found as almost a great symbolism for what is to come in his later years. God had given him skills through his tough tenure as a shepherd on how to guide others, how to train others around him, and how to be protective and be brave. David would go on to pick up that sling, five smooth rocks, and with one shot was able to knock down the nine-foot, six-inch Goliath, later cutting off his head, removing it, and bringing it to Saul himself. This action would lead to many opportunities for David, you know, to to rise through the ranks and the and the whole point of Saul and to the point where Saul was actually trying to kill David. Yeah, so let me ask you this, like this is a this is a great story, but how how does that apply to me? Like how can I be like David? I mean, I surely you're not suggesting I go look for 9-foot people and go out and slay them and then I would think in today's world, chopping off a person's head's probably not, you know, the woke crowd might get me for that. Just so, a little you bit. know, what, uh, what, uh, what, what exactly are you trying to say? How does this apply? So I think there are three things here that I want to kind of just put in perspective when it comes to this story. First thing is understand God has a plan for us to achieve great. David did not accept outside influence to tell him who he was and the greatness that he can be. He believed in himself because he knew God believed in him, and that was all that he needed. Number two was be bold in the moment. David has a lot of story time in the Bible. He was obviously a legend. He would go on to make some mistakes, but time after time, he stood in the moment. He achieved his wildest dreams because they, when they prevented the, uh, uh, presented themselves of the opportunity for greatness, he arose every single time. His bravery in battle would be legendary in his time and would lead him all the way up to the throne to be king of Israel. And the last kind of third thing that I took from that is God has a path. We do not always get to see the larger picture, and it's very easy for us to get frustrated when we don't get what we want or we have this mental block that's in front of us. There is a skill, a mindset, and a knowledge you need before you get to the pinnacle of your achievement. Yeah, I think this is huge. You know, and the story of David and Goliath, too, is it's a pretty bold story, and it's a story that applies to all of us, you know, just a few things that I really stood out to me as, as you were talking. And then for those of you that are seeing the YouTube version, if you're curious what I was looking at, I looked this up in the Bible while Chef was sharing it. I was like, this is really fascinating. Here, here's some things I took that David was convinced before he ever went out of the righteousness and the rightness of his cause. Like yep. he was fully convicted of the worthiness of what he was going to do. That's thing. Number one, number two is that there are David had faith 
that overcame his fear. I, we still, I still get the hint when I read the scripture that David experienced a, a little bit of fear, but it was that his faith was greater than his fear. That was the second thing. The third thing that I noticed is that there were years of preparation that preceded his challenge. You know, like nobody had to teach him how to use his slingshot. Nobody had to tell him, oh, stop, pray, and grow your faith. No, his faith was already strong. Uh, And there's even some scriptures that we didn't really dig into where David was walking around a field and when he overheard Goliath threatening the other folks and he's looking at his brothers and going, like, you know, like, why are you guys so intimidated? Like, you guys are children of the Most High God. That's just some punk over there. And, you know, like his faith was already strong. And then there was a spot in their chef where they, when he finally told his brothers and all that he was going to go fight him, they tried to put their armor. And he's like, I don't need your armor. You know, my faith is strong. In other words, David was authentic. He knew that the only way he could achieve his goal was to be the best version of David. Uh, Two more things that just really stick out to me on this. When it was time David ran towards the challenge. Like he didn't try to hide and you know get behind a tree, crawl up top and shoot a slingshot from farther away, farther away. He went head to head with Goliath and ran right towards him when everyone else went away. And I think for us in in this year 2023, we need to choose our battleground, but once we've chosen it, we need to run uh towards it. And then the final thing is is that when the story was over and David had the victory, he gave God the credit. He didn't take the credit. And I think that's something else, too, that a lot of men struggle with, especially me. But part of being a brodacious is also knowing that faith is first, that we get our power from someone, that our strength from someone. And the second David accomplished the goal, there was no conceit in his victory. He goes, you know, why are you worshiping or thanking me? God did that. I'm just a dude with a slingshot. But, you know, you know, the God that I serve is almighty because his purpose and his power was so, so much greater than that. And, you know, those are just some things that I think about in the story that you shared and anointed. I really like the way that you worded that, like our goals need to be anointed goals, like big goals. And we need to be prepared. Like, is your goal so important for this year that you are literally willing to die for them? Chef, are your goals so big this year that you're willing to die for them? I am. And I I really want to just kind of go back to something that you said there. And I really, really like this. And I think this is something that I think pastors miss. What would have happened if David put on the armor? Would he he would not have been able to use his slingshot. He would have been unauthentic to who he was. When everybody was telling him what he had to be, what he had to wear, how brave he should be. <laughs> Dave stood there. He stood there like a lion, knowing who he was, what his strength was, was a lion. what his weakness yes. was. And he, you, I could just imagine him, even in the moment where everybody is telling him to be something else, even to not even just be, you're just a shepherd, but you, well, if you're going to be this stupid, at least put on some armor. But he was, he was so believing in who he was and that he believed and he believed that he knew what was best for this situation, that he was going to be himself and he was going to trust God in who he was and what his skill set was to achieve this task of killing Goliath. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this too. I think we all agree that 
he had a bold move. Like he had a goal, but his goal was bold. He didn't sit around and pray that God would take out Goliath. You know, I, I mean, I'm sure he prayed and asked God's guidance, but he goes, he didn't say, oh God, I hope you take him out while he prayed somewhere else. You know, he didn't talk to the king and go, well, if you just bless those horses over there, they'll charge him. He had a goal. And he was, his bold move was to stand nose to nose with a nine foot guy and take the little weapon that he had, which by the way, the right tool in the right hand is powerful. And I'll say that again for those of you that are worried, am I equipped for my goal? No, 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 no. It's not about, do you have the same tools someone else had? Because one would think when they're going to take down their Goliaths, that a sword would be the best job. But God had prepared David with a slingshot. And a slingshot in, in Dr. J's hands is meaningless because I can't even shoot a pellet gun and, and hit something. But a <laughs> slingshot in the hands of David, that's a that's a weapon that takes a down sniper giants. Rifle. So for those of you who listen, you know, I would tell you, number one, what is your bold move? You have these goals. That's great. We all have goals. We've been talking about goals. Now that you have your goals, what's the bold move that you're going to take? And it needs to be bold. And number two, what tools has God given you? Not what tools do you wish you had, but what are the tools, the unique gifts, the things that you have that make you special, unique, the things that you're good at that nobody else has? And how can you use those for your bold moves this year? I love it. So, Josh, let's let's break it down real quick. What is your anointed goal for this year? Now, I can I tell you, I have a smart goal that's big, and I wrote it out for 2025. Uh, so, but it's I have steps this year that I'm getting to it. So, do you want to hear one of my big goals that's so big? Um, it's like a four year, and it has a timeline. If you yeah. listen to episode 70, it's a smart goal. I wrote it straight out. You want to hear it? Yes. All right. Here, here we go. In three years, which is 2025, in 2025, I'll be making 5K a month in passive income. In addition to this 5K, I will have 1K a month dedicated to funding mine and Rachel's uh, Roth IRA, which remain invested in VTSAX. This should give me the balance of income, equity, appreciation, and double strings of income. And I suspect that I will most likely move my IRA into a self-directed IRA. I'm going to give you one more. This is another one that's uh, in 2025, I will have the freedom to spend time with Rachel and Jeremy during the daylight hours by owning my own business, which produces $5,000 a month in monthly cash flow through 25 properties that each provide $200 a month separately in passive income, each held in a separate trust or LLC. Boom. Those it's are smart. Yeah. It's, 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 it's achievable. It's measurable. It's timestamp. And it's big. I'm saying that I've given myself 36 months to ramp up to 25 properties that the bare minimum is 200. And that's $5,000 a month after expenses. Like that is $5,000 a month in passive income after all bills are paid in straight to the pocket. I love it, man. I love it. Well, great job. 36 man. months. 36 yeah. months. That's an anointed goal, my man. That's a huge one. I'm working on it right now too, sir. I'm I'm so close to closing closing this house that I'm actually in right now. And as soon as I get this one closed, I'm moving to the next one. And it'll be two properties down. Very two nice. Down, Very nice. Twenty-three to go. 20. What about you, sir? What is your uh can I tell you a bold move I took this week, by the way, that scared the crap out of me? Yeah, go for it. I need to, I one thing that I've never done that I've got to get good at, but talking with mentors and stuff is I've got to get on commercial grade loans. 
And I don't like calling people out of the blue. Cold calling is not my thing, but it needs to happen. If I'm going to get to my goal, I've got to get out of conventional financing and get into commercial financing. So today, little bitty old me with a little mom and pop LLC, uh, I picked up the phone today and I started calling uh commercial commercial lenders to start learning about commercial loans stumbled over my words at times i had to pause and go i don't understand what number you're asking for and you know i discovered through that bold move of just accomplishing my fear that i probably wasn't the first rookie investor that called because they knew exactly what to do and i got a lot of information and i got better uh but today i had to i had to crush some fears today actually it scared the crap out of me uh, but what what about you what's one of your goals that you're working on right now that you're crushing and what's your bold move that you're going to take towards it? So a big one for me is I really love being involved in media. I had an opportunity uh, a couple of years ago to work for a large, I won't say their name, but a large TV company that deals with food. And I just had a great opportunity there. It was a, a great opportunity, wrong timing. Uh, there was issues with COVID vaccines and some things like that. It just, the stars could not align. And, you know, I kind of lost a little bit of a dream there. That had always kind of been something that I've wanted to do. I like being in front of people. I like being on camera as far as like cooking and stuff. I've done it a lot, but on the news, I've done it for some small YouTube stuff. I've done it for some other channels. But something I want to do this year is to actually develop my own media company when it comes to developing uh, content. And I want to go further than just, you know, obviously I love media. I, I have the podcast here and we have our YouTube account. Make sure you go check it out. Hit that like, hit that subscribe. But I think Brodacious will go, in my dream, Brodacious will go beyond necessarily just our podcast. I believe it's going to be a movement. And I really want to take my take my skills and take the things that I'm good at and put them on the road. So when I say diving into media, I am wanting to record three my three episodes of my own cooking shows. And these cooking shows are not just your average. Oh, hi. Today we're going to sear some scallops. My goal is to literally take my truck. I'm going to put an oven on the back of my truck with a fryer and a prep table. I'm going to pack it up. I'm going to go visit chef friends from around the country. And I want us to cook cool things. I think, especially in, in my state, in Mississippi, and just next door in Louisiana, we have some of the best food in the world, and I want to absorb and learn from all the people that I come into contact with for from my, my actual real job. And if I could think of a, a dream job that goes outside of what I do currently, that is what I would like to do. I would love to be in media. I would love to be creating cool content where I go and meet my uh, my friend Kwame down in in uh, he's down in New Orleans. They've got a fantastic um, an Indian catering company, and he's invited me to come down and he's going to teach me how to cook Indian food. And I think that would just be a lot of fun. I got another friend where we are going um, in two months. He's going to take me crawfishing. And so we're going out on a boat. My big old butt is going to get in a little bitty John boat. I'm hoping it can hold me up. 
and we're going to go collect crawfish in the cold of the morning in the swamps of Louisiana. He's going to come back, and this guy's a pro-Cajun. And then maybe I, I make a dish or something with him, but I want it to be something that's really fun, it's really active, and I want people to get the full experience of what it means to be a chef or what it means to be passionate about food. It goes beyond just what some – you know, I'm not disrespecting Rachel Ray, but it goes beyond 30 minutes, a 30 minute meal show that you see on TV. Food is a passion. It's something that it eats your soul. And when you really get down into it, these guys that I work with and the restaurants that I get to visit, I get to experience people who are living brodaciously every single day. I'm getting giddy just thinking about it, man. For our listeners out there, what is your bold move? I think that's really the end of this. We talked about a goal that's anointed, something that you're convicted, something that you believe in, something that you feel called to do. You know, what is that? And are you ready to run towards it? Like no matter the cost and you have to do it in a bold way. You know, David didn't nearly, nearly up to his Goliath. He straight up was a full five ton rhinoceros, you know, massive lion in his jungle charging at it. So for the listeners, you know, this year, as we're getting into February, what, what is your goal and what you're going to charge at? And are you are you prepared to make a bold move, like a bold one, not an easy one, but a bold one? And I love what you shared, Chef. Big dreams, not little dreams, not I want to have a, a little show and get together and have some tea and crumpets. Like, no, I'm going to have a full-fledged media company and it's going to be big and scary and I might fail or I might achieve greatness. I love it. For those who are out there listening, you know, we're we're firmly believing that your dream is anointed. And you have to understand that that God believes in you. And it's up to you to be in the moment and be passionate about what's going on. So be bold, be brave, be understanding of God has your back. And you have a blessed week. This has been a brodacious life. We look forward to having you again on the show. Thank you for listening to today's episode of A Brodacious Life. We hope that you will like and subscribe to this show on whatever platform that you are listening to. Sign up for our newsletter at abrodaciouslife.com and follow us on Instagram. More importantly, we hope that you spend your day with faith, family, freedom, finance, and fun and live brodaciously. Thank mm-hmm. you.